Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, the founder and CEO of Day Translations, found on the web at daytranslations.com, we've got Sean Hopwood. Sean, thank you for joining us. Thank you for letting me be here. I'm glad to be here. I should point out that Day Translations has been around a little while. You started this company back in 2007. We were kind of joking beforehand. That makes you OG in the world of uh, internet-based businesses. But I'll I'll let you kind of give us an overview of exactly how Day Translations works. And I should say, I should also point out, you've worked with some pretty big companies. Like if I'm looking at your, uh, you know, kind of your list of, of who's who on here. Oh, darn it. I missed it. Well, I'll let you kind of name drop who you worked with. Um, sure. I saw the logos here. Oh, there we go. HBO, Nickelodeon, Bank of America, Facebook, Amazon, yeah. Tesla. You, you've sure. worked with a few. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, as you were saying, I I, can, I guess I am considered an OG now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still only 41 and I, I try to keep that mindset of constant growth and constant innovation. So yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't feel like I, I've been around that long, but I guess I have. And I still, I just feel like I have that mindset of always, you know, just a, an, an entre, a startup entrepreneur. But yeah, um, we have worked with a lot of different companies, uh, surprisingly. And whenever we get a call from these large companies like HBO or Oracle or Tesla, you know, I I feel very you know humbled. You know, I I, I don't have any fear of working with these large corporations because I'm very confident in what we do in translation. But it's just it's just so exciting to me to be able to work with these large corporations, to learn from them, to to grow and to and to always be adapting. And also we, we feel the same way about the small clients as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I'm really proud of what we, uh, what we've been doing for the past 15 years. You have a network of over 20,000 linguists. Can you kind of explain how everything works? Sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of translation companies have the business model. Uh, it's kind of like, um, a freelance model where you work with the translators when you when you need them. And so the network of translators that we work with are all around the world. So if, uh, let's say someone needs a Spanish translation, you know, we'll work with our network of translators and assign them a translation and we'll then work with and if it's a larger project, such as a subtitling of a movie, we'll work with a translator. Then we'll work with the subtitling editor and then we'll work with a quality assurance manager to make sure that every step of the way is, is, is the translation is, is done really well. And by that same token, um, when they're, we're not needing that person, you know, we're, we're not, we're not paying that person, which is a, a pretty good business model um, to keep your expenses low. But we do, we do have a lot of, you know, full-time translators that work with us because we have a large, uh, we have a large amount of work that we do. We have, a, and so um, we have a lot of people now, since we've been around for 15 years, we have a lot of people now who are working for us more, almost like full time. But yeah, but if you have someone like who needs like like Burmese translation, that's not a very uh, in-demand language to be translated. So those uh, translators, we aren't always working with them as on a full time basis. So, yeah, there's 20,000 people working with us all around the world, but not full time. <laughs> 
Yeah. You, um, so when you started this back in 2007, what were the early days like? And eventually you probably got to a point where you're like, oh, whoa, that's a big, a, you know, high authority client. Um, and yeah. it, kind of tell us that story. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And, and it's nice to have people to share that story with the people in your life, you know, friends and family. Um, but as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will understand, it's kind of a lonely feeling sometimes. Like I'm sitting there, I started the company in 2007 and I was, um, I worked with a couple of ch- uh, churches doing translation in Tampa for churches going actually just door to door and, you know, asking if people needed translations or getting going by word of mouth. And then we, we got, I got my first large project was like a $12,000 project for a franchising company. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. You know? And um, as an, you know, some people, and I speak to people who are not entrepreneurs and and that kind of scares them in a way, or they they don't know how to handle it as an entrepreneur. um, And you want, you just want to take on the challenge. And so, you know, I, 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 I did. I couldn't do the. I was actually doing the translations myself in the beginning because I, I tra- I'm a Spanish translator myself, and I realized I could not do this project myself. So I had to start hiring a lot of people. You know, I didn't back off from the project. I, I hired a lot of people to to help us complete the project on time to make sure it was proofread and and make sure the client was happy. And so at that moment, I was actually working at another company. I was working at a hospital. So I had. The, I was starting my company as well as working at the hospital. And that was basically the moment where I decided that I need to make a decision and leave that job. And that was, uh, it was, it was a scary feeling, but it was, it was nice to actually do that. And, and I, I do feel like feeling like, Whoa, like, why did these clients just keep coming to us? You know, why do they keep mm. asking for us for work? But, and now, you know, 15 years later, I, we just have a really good reputation because of yeah. you know, all the projects we've taken on. You know, what, what do you do for marketing or client acquisition today? Um, today, we, we rely on a lot of our original search engine optimization that we did. Um, and then we have built on top of that. We do a lot of social media advertising. We do pay-per-click advertising. And we have a sales team where we, uh, we, we, get, um, we, do, we pay for market research for the people who need our certain services. There are certain market research companies. We pay for that market research. And we build relationships with the people on those lists. Or uh, we, we call them or we... You know, we do B2B marketing or we do remarketing and all the, all different types of marketing. You know, I'm, I'm willing to try anything to grow our client base. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, explain now, like how you've built this network of translators. Like, how does it work behind mm-hmm. the scenes? Okay. Well, so, yeah, a lot of people are not very familiar with the translation industry. It's um, mm-hmm. we have. There's a lot of different things we've done, and I think we've done in a really good way. Um, a lot of translation, well, it's a lot of translation companies started in, in the 90s and 2000s, and so we built up our our translator base little by little. What we what there's a, there's forums such as uh, one called Translators Cafe, translatorscafe.com, where you mm-hmm. you search for translators and you find them for certain language pairs but they don't have all the language pairs and they're not necessarily always the best translators throw. So I would, we would, I would do very un- unorthodox, unorthodox methods of finding translators. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. for example, if someone would need an Amharic translator, Amharic is a language that's spoken in Ethiopia. So if someone would need that, that language, which is a very rare one, yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? So I, um, I would, I would contact, uh, 
I, I actually play soccer, so I would contact my my personal network of, you know, Ethiopian friends or uh, different uh, Facebook <laughs> groups, the Facebook groups of people from Ethiopia. Yeah, and my word of mouth it just started growing, and then they recommend their friends who need jobs, and then we process their friends who who kind of need jobs, and we, and so and, and and we evaluate them to see if they're good translators, and then we and we hire them or we train them, and stuff like that. And now that we've been in 15 business for 15 years, all the other companies who are kind of like trying to start this, it's going to take them that amount of time to find the high quality. Yep. But that's kind of how it works with a lot of industries, you know, like, uh, yeah, like unions, you know, uh, like filming for filming for movie theater, Mm -hmm. for movies, the lighting person, you can't just find someone off the street. You got to work throughout the years and develop relationships with these people. And that's what we've done. Yeah, you know, and and this is this is a really good lesson for, you know, business owners that are listening to us right now is like, you know, it's fine if you're using rented ground, right? Initially, right? Let's say you're, you know, paying for ads or whatever, like you're you know, for us, for example, we work a lot with um, consultants and higher level higher ticket agencies that sell for big ticket stuff. So you know, we've leveraged existing lead gen stuff to help them out, but that's, we know it's only a temporary play because eventually if you can build those relationships, those relationships are so valuable in terms of like the, you think about the valuation of your company right now, Sean, with, or without, let's say that your model was that you had to go out on this third party platform and find a translator every time. Like you didn't have your own network. Think of the like two companies, one where they have to go kind of find those people each and every time. And they don't have those networks themselves. And one like what you have, where you've got the people. Like, if you think about if we were to, you know, go to an investor and like, they were going to give you a valuation for each company. It's it's not even in the same universe. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to, it's the hard way, you know, it's the hard way you have to build it, but it also keeps your costs low because you're directly working with everybody. You know, you're not necessarily a, a middleman or, or, outsourcing. And and that's what a lot of things, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs have to make that decision. What am I going to do in-house and what am I, what am I going to outsource, you know, and is depending on your level of expertise um, determines how much you can outsource. For example, we're a translation company and we do a lot of marketing, but we also outsource a little bit of our marketing as well, because some people have the bandwidth to do things that we might not be able to do, such as hiring uh, actors or filming crew for, for one of the um, for some of the marketing videos we want to make, because our expertise is translation, and that's kind of what we focus on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, can, can you think of any maybe unique jobs that you've done that were like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know, like maybe any kind of like fun stories or unique jobs or requests that have yeah. like you know maybe maybe been a challenge for you or you know something that yeah. you know again kind of interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, we uh, we did a, we've done a lot of unique projects. Uh, it's kind of, we do tra- we do translation for video gaming industry. We do mm, translation I for bet. all sorts of movies. Uh, but one in particular that we did was um, someone came to us with a really ancient document. They didn't even know what language it was, but it's been passed uh, through uh, through their family for years and years, and they n- never knew what it was. And um, they even put it on the news. Uh, it, it appeared on the news and everyone's like, we're trying to find out what this is, what language this is. And it was, it looked, it was very, um, it was a wavy kind of script. And, 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 and I'm, I feel like I'm a language expert. So 
Um, I looked at it immediately and I assumed it was a South a- Southeast Asian type of language, but mm. I wasn't sure which one it was. So I had it narrowed it down right away. And then through our, throughout, it took us about six weeks throughout the past, throughout six weeks, we looked through ancient Laotian, ancient Burmese, old, um, old Chinese, uh, which is called Manchu. Cause that's where the word Manchuria comes from because the Manchu language, uh, the Manchu was their original language, um, in China. And so uh, we looked through all these and we kind of thought we found after a while there was an ancient uh, it was an ancient language from Myanmar. And we got and we, we, we actually we, we gave it back and we told the client what it was. And then it was all over the news. And it was actually a really ancient document documenting um, some ancient history of Myanmar. And it was mm-hmm. really it was really cool. So and that's something that fascinates me. I, I mean, I would I, we didn't even make money off that. But I mean, that's where my passion comes from. I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I'm someone who's passionate about languages. Mm. So, you know, I could sit there and waste time and waste money forever doing something that I love, you know, and, you know, we're sitting here doing like large, huge, you know, hundred thousand dollar projects. And I'm sitting here focusing on this, on this ancient language because it's something that I'm passionate about. So, yeah, I feel like I can do both. And I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sean, um, in terms of the future of translation, providing multiple languages, um, are AI, is AI or, you know, are, you know, just Google Translate and different tools out there, is that going to replace human translation? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Um, I think that I'm a big time uh, adapter of technology. Um, For example, internally, we do AI, AI, uh, translation AI. So that's already a part of what we do. we offer all these services and a lot of the translation companies need to always learn to adapt. Um, uh, you know, for, for I, I personally used to use Google translate, but now I use our own translator because it does the same thing that Google translate does. So yeah. I figured we'll might as well use what our company does, get, get us more, um, <laughs> get us more exposure. So we actually made a translation bot that does the exact same thing that Google translate does to kind of teach people in a way, you know, you, you can use this, uh, you can use this AI translation. You can use this automated translation if you want. And when you realize it doesn't exactly do what you need, and you can use it for short conversations, but when you realize it doesn't do what you need, you're already within our ecosystem and you can request a human translator. So um, I, I, I don't shy away from technology. You know, we kind of like did the same thing that Google Translate does to kind of capture even more clients. And that even grew our client base. And now there's other things that we do in our industry, which is called um, machine translation, translation mm-hmm. memory, and, um, and NLP, which is uh, natural language processing. Mm-hmm. Our company does all these things. Um, we're actually creating, uh, we're actually um, gathering uh, translation information and putting, feeding it into our own NLP bot, national mm-hmm. uh, natural language processing uh, robot in order to um, train it to do to do better translations than other uh, machine software so yeah we're do we I, I do strongly believe in translation technology it's and it's something that you know is it's not nearly ready yet but I mean I'm whenever it is ready I'm ready too yeah that's well it's a good <laughs> that's a good tack to take in my opinion For sure. um, yeah uh, and you know kind of just you know always looking at where the future is and like wherever it is I'm gonna be there uh, Sean the cost of poor translation or not having translation available um, it looks like you've been able to do some 
<laughs> or you've heard some stories uh, sure. in your time in terms of like lost revenue or lost deals. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's even, you know, I, uh, you know, occasionally you'll buy a product, you know, it's from overseas and you look at some of the translations just so bad. And it's like, yeah. obviously, you know, that to me communicates, Ooh, man, do I really want to buy this? Yeah. I mean, if they didn't take the time, you know, to, to write this, in, you know, if they're, if they're going to be writing in English, you know, then probably want to be using proper grammar, punctuation, that sort of thing, not misplacing words and and that sort of thing. Um, And it's, it's, it's lost sales when it's probably not that expensive to have someone, you know, go around the outside of the box and make sure that everything on the outside of the box and, and in the instruction guide is, you know, kind of on target with your target language. Definitely. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing that I've always tried. We, 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 I've always tried to teach people that such as hospitals or marketing companies. The best example is a hospital. I mean, some of these people who work at a hospital, they will get any, they, they need it. Like they'll, someone will be going in for surgery and they'll say, Oh, let's just get um, this person um, who works here that speaks Spanish to interpret the pre-surgery procedures for this person. And mm-hmm. this person is not a professional interpreter and they'll start like, they'll explain everything. They won't understand the words. They won't know the uh, correct medical terms. They're not insured like our company because we're, we're insured for every project that we do. And this, this, that person, imagine being in a surgery and not understanding what they're telling you. I mean, that's, that, that, that's any, that's a good reason for panic right there. Mm-hmm. And then, all of the other, um, all the other companies, like for example, if you want to do business globally, let's say India, and then you assume, oh well, India, a lot of people in India speak English, so let's just leave it in English. Well, I mean, you could you're you're saving a couple hundred dollars, or you might call, you might want to get a translation from us for like a couple thousand dollars, and you're going to save a thousand dollars, but you're not going to translate it to all the languages of India, like Hindi, uh, you know, Tamil, Telugu, uh, Punjabi, all these other languages, just because you want to save a little bit of money. But if you do translate it to all these local dialects in India, the amount, I mean, it's 1.4 billion people in India. If you do translate your information, I mean, the <laughs> just a couple hundred dollars is going to bring you millions of dollars back in revenue. So I, I think a, a lot of people need to be really educated on the importance of language, the importance of translation. And just because our, our world is very global, English is a very global language, as well as some other languages, such as French, Arabic, Mandarin, Chinese, um, doesn't mean you should not translate to the other language, the other languages, because these people's people's languages are never going to go away. Everyone's going to always be, you know, they're always going to be speaking their languages. You just can't ignore it. If you ignore it, you're ignoring potential revenue or potential issues down the road. Just should not ignore people's languages. And that's part of who I am as a person. I believe in the preservation of languages. I believe in the preservation of culture. So my personal belief really goes along well with what I do as a career. So I go to every work, every day I go to work very happy to do what I love. Yeah, excellent. All right, so your website, daytranslations.com. Business owners that are listening to our podcast conversation right now, when they go there, what should they do? Uh, well, if you, you know, you know, look through our website and all the services that we offer. But if you just want, if you don't have a lot of time, just click on, you know, translate now and send us your uh, information. If you send up, send us any document you want, we'll have it. We'll have the quote with you for you within five minutes or 10 minutes. If you want to talk more in depth about your needs for translation, all you have to do is, uh, you know, call us up 
on our phone number and it's, it's there on the website and you know we'll we don't even put people on hold you just you know call us and we'll be on the phone with a ling linguistic expert to kind of create a plan mm -hmm. for you for your company or your hospital or your movie anything you need you know everyone at our company is a, a all of our project managers are linguistic experts every person at our company speaks more than one language every mm -hmm. single person yeah very cool Pretty sean easy. hopwood yes yeah. uh, yeah, again, Sean Hopwood, daytranslations.com, the founder and CEO. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, and thank you for the time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.